Welcome to day three of our look together through 1 Corinthians chapter eight. We're looking this week at how you balance knowledge and love. And we've really looked at three specific things these first couple of days. We've looked at the truth that you gotta let love lead the way. You have to know what you don't know. And third, you have to know who you do know. You have to know that you're known by God. Today, there's a fourth truth in this passage that God's word brings to us about how you balance knowledge and love. And the fourth truth is you have to face the power of your influence. Face the power of your influence. You are more influential than you might want to imagine. Paul talks about that in verses 9 to 12 when he says this. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone with a weak conscience sees you who have this knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't he be emboldened to eat what has been sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against your brothers in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. These are powerful verses. Now, remember from day one, eating in an idol's temple didn't necessarily mean worshiping there. Buying meat that had been sacrificed in an idol's temple or eating in a kind of restaurant where that meat was cooked near that idol's temple wasn't necessarily a a sin for everyone. But for some who had a weak conscience, who had been brought up all their lives worshiping idols, for them it felt like they were continuing in a false worship. And so Paul is writing to those who feel, in Jesus I am free and I know that an idol isn't real. So why not get the meat at half price? And he says, the price of meat is not the issue here. Your love, your influence, that's the main issue in life. And he's reminding you, he's reminding all of us, you're not an island. Others influence you in ways that you know, in ways that you don't know. And just as importantly, you are a strong influence in other people's lives. Listen, let's just walk through what Paul has to say that helps us to face that. I know you may not want to face that. Some of us don't like to face that because if I know I'm an influence, then I have a responsibility for that. Well, guess what? You are an influence. You're an ambassador for Christ. You're salt and light in the world. You are an influence. Jesus told us. So what am I going to do about that? And Paul walks us through that. Let's just be honest about it, he says. Listen to what Paul says that helps us to be honest about facing our influence on other people and especially here on other believers. In verse 9, he says, face up to your influence. Your freedom can become a stumbling block to others. If all you can say is, I'm free to do whatever I feel is right under the leadership of Jesus, you have forgotten the responsibility, the stewardship of your influence. And it's one of your most important stewardships. And Paul says, if you forget that, you become a stumbling block. You become like a big stone in the path, an obstacle that makes the journey more difficult. And why would anyone want to make the journey more difficult for a fellow believer? There are times in life, Paul is saying here, when it's wrong to be right. And it's wrong to be right when I'm hurting another believer, when your freedom becomes a stumbling block. In verse 10, he says, face up to the fact of your influence. Your actions can actually become a conscience breaker. They can break somebody else's conscience. He writes and he says, the weak brother is destroyed by your knowledge. Their conscience, their weak conscience is hurt. Can someone actually be influenced toward wrong as you do what is right for you? Of course they can. Absolutely they can. You have a freedom in Christ. You've grown a certain number of years in Jesus. And because you've grown a certain number of years, you have a freedom to do certain things that they may not have to do. Have that same freedom to act in certain ways. 
But because they have just come to Christ, if for them to act in that way, to not pray in that situation, to have a drink in that situation, to have a drink at all, to watch that kind of thing, to be involved in that kind of entertainment, to do this, to not do that, to wear this, to not wear that, their freedom is not where yours is. So what do you do? You love the person who's weaker. That's what Jesus did. Now, the obvious question is, where do you draw the lines? How far should we go in this? We'll drill into this a little bit more deeply later this week. But for now, let me just say, there are no set lines here. If you've got to put lines on this, then you've missed the whole point. The point is not what you know. That's knowledge. The only line is you recognize your love for others and you act out of that love for others. Paul says, face up to your influence. Your freedom can become a stumbling block. Face up to your influence. Your actions can break someone else's conscience. Face up to your influence, he says in verses 11 and 12. Your knowledge can actually become sin. That's how blunt he is about this. Your knowledge can become sin. You're right, you're so right, that your brother, your sister is hurt. You sin against them. And Paul says, when you sin against them, you sin against Christ. Being right, he says in this case, wow, is sinning against Christ. You can help people, someone who is weaker in the faith, by what you choose not to do, and you can help them by what you choose to do. I may have a clear conscience to do something that I know if I do that thing, maybe it's take a drink in a restaurant. Maybe somebody in the church knows me and they see me and I'm a leader in the church, and maybe they're part of Celebrate Recovery, our recovery program. And they think because they saw me take a drink, well, pastors do it. I mean, they love the Lord. So maybe it's okay for me too. And maybe that drink that I took, even though it's not going to hurt me at all, is all of a sudden going to hurt them because of their weak conscience, especially toward alcohol. That's why as pastors and leaders at Saddleback Church, we choose not to drink. We just agreed not to do that together. The Bible doesn't say not to drink. It says not to get drunk. It doesn't say you can never take a drink. We just give up that freedom that we have, that biblical freedom that we have. Why? Because we don't want to hurt a weak brother. We don't want to hurt a weak sister. Now, if I get prideful about giving up that freedom, then it's a totally different thing. Then it's pride and legalism, and we'll talk about that later this week. Right now, I'm talking about giving up a right that you have, a freedom that you have, because you love somebody else. And because you do that, sometimes there's things that you choose not to do. Other times, there are things that you choose to do. You may have a, a constant relationship with Christ in which you're talking to him all through the day, every day. And so because of that, you don't feel a need to pray at the beginning of a meal or you don't feel a need to pray at the beginning of every meeting that you have in church or with a group in church that are doing things. You just feel a freedom not to do that because you're talking to Jesus all the time anyway. And you feel like it's a little fake and phony sometimes when people have to pray at the beginning of everything. But what if there's a weaker brother or a weaker sister who for them, praying at the beginning of something is a recognition that Jesus is there. And for you to say, oh, we don't need to pray, somehow it would hurt their faith. And they would think, well, we don't need to pray because they don't have the constant prayer life that you do yet. What do you do in that situation? You pray. You pray for the sake of the weaker brother or sister. How could it hurt to pray? Why become stubborn and choose not to pray just because you feel that they're expecting you to pray or needing you to pray in some way as a weaker brother or sister? Why not do what's going to best meet their need in Christ? You see, all of us, myself included, we can become so insistent about our freedoms that we forget really why we were put on this earth. I was put on this earth to love God and to love others. 
And every opportunity I get to do that, that's what I want to do. That's what you want to do. And one of the ways that we do that is by giving up some of these freedoms because there's no way in the world I want to hurt somebody who's a weaker brother or sister. Now, as we pray today, I want to pray for wisdom because we need wisdom in this area to know what to give up and what not to give up, to know when somebody's pushing me and when really it's an action that I need to take because of love. Let's pray. Jesus, we need your wisdom. Paul's giving your wisdom to those in Corinth who are facing this situation of meat and an idol's temple. We face different situations. And in the situations we face, we want your wisdom. We want to know what your spirit would lead. We want love to lead the way. We want to act out out of the fact that we are known by you and not some sense of pride in our knowledge. And we want to act out of a deep desire to give an influence that would glorify you. So Jesus, in the situations we face even today, we pray for your wisdom. When we feel selfishness rising inside of us, when we feel pride, that seed in us, help us to recognize it and help us to act against it. Help us to act in love instead. We pray this, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, we're gonna take a look together at how to place the priority on people. 